You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, here with your break from all of the high-resource file propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Good to be here. Back from my master's trip. It was awesome. Feel free to feel envious. And the Wizard of Whiskey, Shane lot uh yeah i'm here as well uh fresh off a weekend at the house by myself with uh, the three-year-old not nearly as cool as the masters but we both <laughs> survived so uh yeah you didn't make it to charlotte I, I did not actually you know um i should have saturday uh, she did great. We had a great day. We went to Waffle House for breakfast, ended up going to a tap room slash, uh, like, uh, old bus depot converted into a food court type deal, uh, that we hang out a lot that evening. She was great all day, took her nap. I could have thrown her in the car and went Saturday. I had made up my mind. We're going to go to the Sunday game. Well, we'll go down for the sweep. She was an absolute terror all day Sunday and it just didn't happen. At least she started in the morning and it wasn't, you know, two and a half hours into the car ride to Charlotte where she decided that Sunday was not going to be a good day for her. Uh, but yeah, I didn't get to make it. I did watch them all on ZESPN plus though. Good times. Good times. Jason, how was the master's experience? The master's experience was, was dream come true. I mean, it was my second time to go, but the guy I went with, uh, Matt, uh, it's his first time, so it was really a dream come true for him, especially, you know, we had these tickets. Uh, the guy agreed to let us have the Friday tickets um, after the 2019 Masters. <clears throat> so, you know, we thought we were going in 2020, <laughs> and that didn't work out. And then, uh, then they moved it to November, and nobody was allowed to go. And then 2021, like, very few people could go. So, yeah, we've been sitting on these tickets for quite a while. Didn't think that we were going to, uh, you know, didn't uh, Matt didn't think it was ever going to be in the cards for him to go. And uh, we even had some hiccups along the way. <laughs> but um, it was great. I got I was 15 feet from Tiger Woods one time. Um, I did not see Scotty Scheffler hit a single shot. Uh, I think that might be the only person I didn't see actually swing a golf club. My legs are still sore. That place is hilly. It's all get out. Um Probably not the best place for Tiger. You know, of all courses, the Tiger can try to come back from a, a leg that might have needed amputation if you're anybody other than Tiger Woods uh, to come back and have to walk Augusta National. Um, he might should have picked like the Zurich or something where there's like no hills at all. But uh, but the experience was great. Spent way too much money in the gift shop. Um, everybody that I bought stuff for, come get your stuff. And uh but it was great. And hit that Venmo. Cool. Yeah, hit that Venmo. <laughs> How was your trip, Jameson? You've been it was gone great. for a while. Yeah, I was gone for a whole week. It was cool. Um trying to think of the meaningful thing that happened. Um I, I sat I went to the Pelicans Clippers game and I ran into 
one of my old coworkers when I was with the Coyotes from like 16 years ago. She's in player personnel for the for the Clippers, so that was cool. But I sat next to Trey Murphy's parents. Trey Murphy was the first round pick of the Pels. Um, last year he was at Virginia, but before that he played at Rice. So we had some uh, Conference USA discussions with uh with the Murphys. His dad is actually a uh, basketball coach in Raleigh, North Carolina. No so kidding. I was like, do you know Shane? He's like, no, I have no, no. He's like, I have no idea. It's like the whiskey Where's guy. He is, coach? Mm. I, I can't remember. I can't remember. Hmm. I can't remember where he coaches. So I, I pay attention to people in Vegas begin with. So yeah, uh, but it was cool. I had a good time out there. I had a great time out there for work. Um, got to see some parts of the city I hadn't been to before. Um, so it was, it was a, it was, a, it was a really cool time. Nothing Southern Miss related to talk about. I didn't run into anybody in particular. Martin Lawrence was at the game I went to. I didn't get to, you know, shout no him out. Go to the tops, anything. walking down uh, Rodeo Drive, or no? He had a shotgun. Had a shotgun, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, to the tops that I remember. So, anyways, great times. <laughs> it was Melissa's birthday while you were out there. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday, Melissa. She had a had a uh, had a really. Did good you birthday. get any? Uh, did you get any Iowa references? No Iowa references. I sure got one of those at the Masters the other day. You know, I also got it to the top, which I'm gonna give her a shout out later on. But uh, I also, you know, the guy sitting sitting next to the rope, waiting on a uh, on a drive to be hit. Um, guy kind of looks over, and I was wearing a Southern Miss pullover. And but it just had the eagle head on it, the new eagle head. He goes, ah, oh, Iowa, huh? I said, no, man, Southern Miss. He goes, oh, that's right. He said, oh, the Golden Eagles. So you know, anyway. And then he knows Favre and blah blah blah, you know that whole thing. But uh, but yeah, you know, I thought we spent a pretty good chunk of money and research and all that, kind of uh, getting rid of the whole Iowa thing. It's just not going away. <laughs> no. No, it's just not going away. Very very true. Mm-hmm. So, well, there was a point in time that there was an Iowa ATM in the student union, like before they built the new one. When it was, what's that? Well, was was it still called the student union? What's that building right across from the little chapel there by the football stadium? The hub. The hub. Yeah, there you go, man. It's been a long time. <laughs> and I guess now uh, Thad Cochran. They're used, yeah, the, exactly. Uh, but the the old hub, there used to be a. ATM right in the middle when you walked into that place when it opened up a little bit and it was straight up an Iowa logo. I was like, for real? This is how we're going to do things here? <laughs> that sounds like something you'd find at the Lucky Rabbit. <laughs> it may be there now. <laughs> oh, so uh, I just got a text from Melissa while this is going on, and she is watching Antiques Roadshow, and there's a guy on there wearing a Southern Miss shirt, and it looks like it is the current logo. So, oh. what's up, Roger? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if he showed up with like an old logo shirt, and they're like, "Ah, this shirt is from the old Larry Stacy days." And uh, <laughs> Larry's loonies. <laughs> there oh, was a lawsuit. A Pre-Iowa lawsuit. Southern Miss shirt. <laughs> Well, we had quite the week in baseball, uh, ran the gauntlet this week, came out unscathed. It, Jay, and, and the first game was actually while you guys were recording the show last week. Mm-hmm. Had to get me a sip there. <laughs> so, yeah, and and so for those that listened to the show last week, and we had some pretty good response on the show last week, 
I was kind of surprised. We got it out late. You know, Jamie's trying to edit this thing. Uh, two, two or three hours difference. Was it three hours difference or two hours difference, California? Two, two hours. Two, two from hours. here. Three from Shane. Um, on Melissa's birthday, trying on to edit it birthday. on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, buddy, for doing that because Shane and I, you know, just can't figure it out. I'm a team player. But, but so anyway, so yeah, we beat Ole Miss and we kind of updated it during the during the episode. Um, so we beat Ole Miss, uh, and um, and uh, so the game was in Pearl. Nice night for baseball. Um, it was a back and forth battle uh, where Ole Miss was up three to nothing. In the second inning, USM tied it up in the third, then scored one in the fourth, one in the fifth, and one in the seventh to go up six. To, and then Ole Miss countered with bottom of the seventh to go up seven to six. We were not feeling good about it at that point. In the eighth inning, Southern Miss got four runs off of an RBI single from Sarge and a Danny Lynch no-doubter bomb to go up ten to seven. Uh, Ramsey came in in the sixth and is credited with the win. Landon, Harder, Landon Harper came in to get one out for the save. Southern Miss out hit the Rebels 14 to six, made fewer errors 3 to one, struck out more batters 14 to 10, and scored more runs 10 to seven. Great night to be an Eagle. Yeah. Did you get to catch that, Jamie? I, I kept up. I kept up with it mm-hmm. while it was going down. Because um, you couldn't watch it on TV, you know. Which makes yeah. perfect sense. You could you yeah. could pull up the you could pull up the I had the app pulled up, so I was you know keeping yeah. up with that and Twitter and everything else. Um, but you yeah, listen to it from uh, an early brunch. Yeah, right. early brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I had, but, uh, had a lot of avocados. But it was <laughs> nice to. It's always nice to beat Ole Miss. It's always nice to beat. Um, it seems like when we beat these teams in whatever sport. Remember, like the year we beat Alabama, they were like preseason number three. And we beat them. Then they only won like three games that year. And everybody's like, well, you beat them when they're down. I was like, well, maybe we're part of the reason, right? We beat State earlier this year. They can't beat anybody. We beat Ole Miss. They just got swept. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe we got a little bit to do with it. Um, either way, it's nice to beat those guys. Nice to beat a ranked team. Um, kind of sucks that we need them to win some games now <laughs> to, for the RPI's sake. Um, but anyway, I had a big smile on my face, and that led over into the weekend which we took on the Charlotte 49ers. Um, the Friday night game was a close game. We, we, we won that one two to one. We actually got out hit eight hits to two and still got it done. Uh, Dustin Dickerson uh, he had a huge uh, stolen base in the sixth inning. That, um, that was probably the difference in the game. They caught the, caught the uh, Charlotte third baseman napping over there. And um, Sarge knocked him in. Wilkes went yard earlier in the game. That's how we got the two runs that we needed. Uh, Tanner Hall just absolutely shoved it. He went seven innings pitched, one uh, seven innings pitched, seven hits, one run, two walks, and nine Ks and 102 pitches. And Rogers and Harper came in and closed it out. <clears throat> and, and talking about that that play that Dickerson made, so he let off the inning with a walk. Uh, then Ewing walked and. That's when nobody was just nobody was on third base. I think Dickerson just got to second and looked over there and took off. Right, um, ends up and he ends up scoring. Um, so that turned out to be the difference in the game. <laughs> and I wanted to point out this too. Tanner Hall, you know, started off as the midweek guy and has has moved into that Friday role and he's just dominating. His season stats so far: he has a 2.17 ERA, he's five and zero, oh, 49 and two thirds innings pitched. 12 earned runs, 
six walks, 68 strikeouts. And opponents are hitting 220 against him. Hmm. Is that good? And that's being the Friday guy. And when he wasn't the Friday guy, he's, he's pitching against who did he, he threw against Alabama, and then Tulane. <laughs> so he's you know he's easier to face the other Friday guy or a really awesome team. He's got these stats, so it's uh it's it's super cool. And I'm sure glad we got him. To me, he kind of came out of nowhere. Um, last week, Jamie, we kind of picked who our MVP was so far and a surprise player and maybe something else. But he was my surprise player. And sure glad we got him. Sure, hope he keeps it up because we're going to need him down the stretch. Yeah, that's one of the things that separates us from a lot of the other teams is legitimate pitching depth. I mean, we've got three top flight weekend starters. Then you got. Stewart's been starting midweek games for us, and he's no slouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who was it, Etheridge, that was originally in the rotation mm-hmm. for the weekend? So, I mean, mm-hmm. you got him. Uh, you got a r- super deep, really solid bullpen, and Ramsey's done a fantastic job as a closer. I mean, our pitching staff is stout, and I would put yeah, him up against anybody yeah, but um, maybe Tennessee. You know, Harper – as well yeah. as Ramsey. Um, sometimes you don't even have, to, you have a choice when it gets to a save situation. It's not just like he's the guy. It's like, let me just roll them, you know, really just name out of a hat almost. Yeah. Um, Dalton right. Rogers is the guy yeah. that's kind of taking on that Ryan Ock role a little bit. I, thought, I want to say he leads the team in appearances. So, and that didn't even, that's not even getting to, you know, like Nico Mazza, right? Who might be the next uh, dominant arm that we have down there. And, and um, for goodness sake, people like Blake Wehunt having a hard time getting – Isaiah Rhodes has showed up. You know? Yeah. Everywhere you look, you just keep getting production all over the place, and they all have something in common. They strike well, a lot how, of people out and don't walk anybody. How great is it to take a, a, a young talent like Matza and to be able to not throw him into the fire right mm-hmm. away and really develop him? Because, you know, pitching is kind of weird. They're kind of like kickers. Uh, a lot of it's in their head. And uh, you throw a kid that, you know, is really good and has all the talent in the world in before he's ready, and you can destroy that confidence and really kind of mess up some unique talent. So to to be able to let Oz, you know, kind of work him slowly mm-hmm. into things is, is uh, really nice. No doubt. Um, and you mentioned Etheridge. Etheridge actually came in the game, too, and looked really good, which we'll get into that in a minute. But game two, we win that one eight to two. Um, the Southern Miss was only eight hits, but six of those were extra base hits. So Peto, Wilkes, Lynch, Gabe, and Black, all with doubles. And Sarge hit his ninth dinger of the season. So if you're only going to get eight hits, that's uh, a good way to have you know six of them go down right there. Um, Riggins with another solid outing. He goes six and two-thirds, five hits, two runs, but zero earned, one walk, and seven Ks. And we mentioned Etheridge a minute ago. Etheridge came in, and he, he shut it down after that, uh, which I thought was kind of weird bringing in Etheridge right after Riggins because he's, he's like the same guy, right? Basically, they both throw 88 to 92. They both throw a ton of strikes. Um, they're both righties. Um but it worked out great. So he came in and he pitched the final two and a third uh, and was nearly perfect. He um, he gave up one hit. He walked nobody and struck out three and two and a third to close out the game. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Eagles looked great. 
And it was on to game three. <clears throat> and I'm just going to refer to this game as the replay game because Sutter Miss got the <laughs> shaft on at least like three replays that I can remember. Um, Waldrop started the game, had a nice day, six innings pitched, one hit, three runs, only one earned, two walks and seven Ks. Had a no-no for a while. Um, it was a super tight zone all day long. Uh, best, Rhodes, Harper, and Ramsey finished it off uh, for a game that went to 13 innings on the day. Um, McGillis hit the go-ahead home run in the 13th, and Ramsey shut the door to complete the sweep. But the play of the day, to me, goes to Carson Pato because uh, after a replay of that McGillis – you remember McGillis, uh, it was in the, I guess, the 12th inning? Where McGillis uh, did a glove flip. With the glove, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was called out. Game's over. You know, we're celebrating. Sarge is pumping his fist. And then you see the same umpire that just rung him up, throw his hands up in the air. And we're like, oh, my God, another replay. Because there had already, already been – what were the other replays? There was one where Dickerson was said to be off the bag at second base. Um, originally was, called out. Yeah. And that, that, I swear to God that happens at least half the time. Just to, if you make them stay on the base, there's going to be just ankle breaks and ACL tears all the well, way around. He but, wasn't within two feet of the base when he caught the ball, though. <laughs> that's that's uh, it, it, again, it was the replays that I saw. You're probably right. Um, none of the replays that I saw it, it, when they slowed it down it was like this mushy, blurry thing. And I'm like, he's probably off, but he was called out. And so I feel like if he was called safe, I'd say, well, you can't you know overturn that either. Um, but that was the first one. What was the second one? The one, well, the, I can tell you about the third one. The third one sucked. Yeah. So, so this glove, the flip, second one was fair foul ball down the right field line. Mm-hmm. It looked like it kicked up chalk dust when it hit the ground. You're right. And then they keep, they kept pointing, uh, to this spot that was about two inches from the wall. And he was like, here's the spot here. And the guy runs down there. He goes, yeah, you're right. I'm going well, the replay shows it very near the line, and you know chalk may or may not have drawn. Either way, it wasn't that spot that they were pointing to, um, and that's the one. Uh, I think is that the one that took like ten minutes. It took a took quite a minute. Yeah, it was none a of them were short. Replay. Yeah, none of them were short at um, all. Um, so you know, but <clears throat> so and, and I mentioned the the Peto play. But after that replay of McGillis going to first base, um, and we thought we won the game and it was overturned, uh, it was bases loaded, and a batter hit an absolute seed in the right center, and I thought it was over. And here comes Peto, just absolutely out of nowhere, um, Superman, to save the day right there in the 12th inning. And that led to the McGillis home run, and then Ramsey shutting him down, one, two, three, in the bottom of the 13th. But uh, it was crazy. I don't know what you guys feel about replay. I say, you know, I think it's part of the game. Like, and if you if you can't figure out, uh, and and I also don't I don't think this slow mo should come into it. If you want to do a replay, go and you know what, guys, you can look at this three more times. If you look at it three more times in fast motion, you still can't tell. Just stick with the call, right? Give it what forty five seconds, a minute max, or have a set plan for the conference it not one school has replay one school doesn't have replay I, I mean i don't even understand that how 
some people can have replay and some people can't within the same conference. Yeah, that that is nuts. Yeah. So and this is what I treated. I tweeted this out. <laughs> some people agree. I don't, I don't know if anybody disagree, but I just said I'm against replay. But if it's going to be a thing, it's got to be regulated somehow. Everything from plays which can be reviewed to time allotted to the equipment being used. Because the play at first base, after they went and looked at it uh, for the longest time, and they and they finally overturned it, not a single one of them showed the base. Yeah. <laughs> so they're yeah. just kind of assuming. They're making an assumption. Unless they have some replay that I'm not privy to. Uh, they're making an assumption that the guy's foot uh, you know, touched the bag before the ball touched the glove. And as far as that goes, I mean, heck, it's super slow motion. The ball could be hidden by the glove and still not be caught, right? So it's just too much, too many assumptions that go on there. Um, and then, like you said, Shane, yeah, I mean, who can do it? Why don't we do it? You know, we have cameras everywhere. Sutter Miss just choose not to do it. I thought it was a conference rule for the longest time. Obviously, that's not the case. So none of it makes sense. Um, I wish they just let the, the, the umpires just, if you're going to be bad, you're just bad. After the game, we talk about how bad the umpires were. Um, in this case, they went to the replay, and we're still talking about how bad they were. So I'm not sure if that makes a difference. I don't know. I'm glad we came out with the win. I'm glad Carson came through. Um, it seems like everybody comes through. Uh, we have a team that it took me a while to figure out if we had a good team or not. You know, I was like, we got really good pitching. I'm not sure if we're great at hitters. Like, we don't have a Walner. You know, we don't have uh, – I don't know. We we have a good defense. I wouldn't say we got like the best defense in the world. Um, we're not as we're, we're it's not the fastest team we've ever had. No, it, it's it's you have all these things, but then you know it got me to thinking. Be careful. Yes, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, well, well, think back to like the you remember the team that we had. We had like the, the like the number three recruiting class in the country, right? And I don't even think we went to a regional that year. Um, I think when you, I, 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 and not to point any guys out, but sometimes when you get that much, I don't know, ego, talent, moxie, whatever, in the same room, uh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if the cohesion ever happens or it, it, if there's any gelling that goes on. But like when I look at out there, I don't see any look at me guys out on Southern Miss's team. I, I, I do see uh, a look at us team, right? Um, you got guys like Charlie Fisher. He was one of our best players last year. Um, hit like 330. Led the team in hitting for probably three quarters of the year. You know, he's not getting any ABs. We just keep reeling off these W's. We got Carson Pato that's humbled at the fact that he led off in front of, like like when Gabe Montenegro was out for that game, and then when he came back, uh, Carson's still hitting, in, you know, in the, in, the, in the leadoff spot. And after the game, during the interviews, he's just, you know, bashfully talking about it because he's like, you know, this is, this is I'm just trying to do Gabe, you know, uh, he's our leadoff guy, and I'm just trying to do the best I can. And you know, I, I just you throw words around like chemistry and culture and family. And I mean, it, it really it really is something to it, right? Uh, it's kind of like what Coach Hall seems to be trying to build with the football team, and Coach Barry's done it. So I mean, give it up to 40. He just tied Corky uh, for the all-time lead, and he's a handful of games away from being the all-time leader. He even got a little choked up when he was talking about that, when he was asked about, you know, tying Corky. Um, so, yeah, man, we have a program here at Southern Miss. It's not just a good team. It's not just a fluke year. It's a program that's going to be around for a while. And we're just we're kind of seeing it, you know, right in front of our eyes. So it's cool. 
Yeah, Corky and Scott are at two or 458 wins, and Hill Denson is at 468. So uh, here in three-ish weeks or so, Scott Berry could be the winningest all-time coach in Southern Miss history. Well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved. Awesome. Yeah, so, absolutely. Southern Miss is now 23-8 and eight on the season, 10-2 and two in Conference USA. Right now, our RPI sitting at 11. So, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be tough to tread water given how our, our schedule plays out the rest of the year, but uh, it, it is possible. Um, as far as the polls go, D1 Baseball has the Golden Eagles at 11th this week. Perfect game, says Southern Miss at 11th. Baseball America has Southern Miss at 14th. The Coaches Poll has Southern Miss at 14th. The NCBWA, the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, has Southern Miss at 15. And then Collegiate Baseball, standing strong. It's smoking crack. Southern I mean, Miss at 27 again. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. but Yeah, I'd hate to see what happened if we only won, like, you know, two of three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, about- we, we beat a ranked team, and then we swept a, a team that's close to being a, a top 100 RPI team. Too. So well, we, I mean, it wasn't a. Our RPI is 11. Our strength of schedule is 20. Um, both of those numbers are lower than 27. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Excellent point. Um, and speaking of RPI, this is uh, the, the games we have coming up this weekend versus FIU. RPI is probably going to take a hit either way. Uh, but it's games that you absolutely have to win. Um, you hate to have to go into a series. It's just tough to win baseball games, man. Sometimes the ball just bounces funny and. All that, but uh, FAU is not very good. Eleven and twenty on the season, four and eight in the conference, and some of the teams they've beaten. We talked about it before the show, but they have four wins against St. Thomas of Minnesota. Um, they played a bunch of these northern teams at the beginning of the year because they all, you know, you can't play uh, up there in Minnesota and Michigan. Um, Hard to see a white baseball in center field with the <laughs> yeah. grounds white. Um, they did, as a, you know, even though they have a horrible record, they have beaten Seton Hall, which I don't know what they have in baseball, but Seton Hall is somebody that I, I you know, I've I, I heard of them. Um, they beat them twice, as a matter of fact. They uh, then they lost a whole bunch of games. They got swept by UConn, got swept by Jacksonville. They beat Marshall two out of three, so that's something. Louisiana Tech just handled them, and they got swept by Tech. They beat Old Dominion one game, 13-3. to We all know what Old Dominion's got. Then they got housed 14-7 to and 18-5, to but still, they beat they beat the Old Dominion's Friday guy, 13-3. to So, you know, it's it's a it's a game it's a it's a series that we definitely should win. Unfortunately, that's not going to be good enough. We got to come out of there with three victories, and probably still going to take a little bit of an RBI hit, I would think. Um, and just, I don't know, let's, let's see what happens, but, uh, I don't know. I like our chances with that staff running it out there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If Back you look- last, last Wednesday, FIU played Miami. Uh, it was nine to nothing Miami. And I granted Miami's got a really good squad, uh, this year and they're on fire right now, but it was nine to nothing Miami after two, uh, they scored eight in the, the second inning and it was, 12 no it was 15 to nothing after four that's if you, wild if you yeah. look if you look back you know 
it's it's amazing that we've had the consistency that we've had. So since we got swept by Dallas Baptist, the the Golden Eagles are 13 and two. So we we've had uh, let's see, we're currently on a five game winning streak. Before that last loss to Louisiana Tech, we had a five game winning streak. And then prior to the loss versus FAU, we had a three-game winning streak. So I mean, we've we've been able to string some wins together. Hopefully, we can keep that going for a for a bit now. But it is it is baseball. It's it's you know that's part of it. Our next game is going to be tomorrow night. That's Tuesday, April the twelfth, against Southeastern Louisiana. That game is at 6 p.m. at Pete Taylor Park. And then this is Easter Sunday weekend or Easter weekend. So the games are going to be Thursday through Saturday. So Thursday, April the 14th, first game against FIU down in uh, southern Florida. So we've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday games as opposed to the normal Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. And then next Tuesday, we will take on the Chew Lane Green Wave, April the 19th, 6.30 p.m. down in New Orleans, Louisiana. This is going to be cutting into next week's show, but why not? Then we'll be back at Pete Taylor Park next Wednesday, 420, for uh, all yeah. you folks out there in, uh, in the roost. 420. Are we playing the mean green? <laughs> we're playing, we're, we're playing, you know, we're playing the uh, University of New Orleans. And that is 6 p.m. April the 20th at Pete Taylor Park. So there you have the baseball schedule for the next week and some change. All right, basketball. Just touching on basketball really quick. We have a couple of additions from the portal. Uh, the first one is Austin Crawley, a 6'5", 195-pound guard from Ole Miss. He's originally from West Point, Mississippi. And then Naftali Alvarez, a 6'2", 165-pound guard from Mercer. Before that, he attended Fairfield, and he is originally from Cantano, Puerto Rico. So we're adding two guards to the mix here in Hattiesburg for basketball season for next year. All right, Shane, you're ready. You're ready to run the gauntlet here. Oh, yeah, let me stretch. <laughs> stretch, uh, your, nope. stretch your tongue nope. muscle. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was a good good week uh, for week. Southern Miss Athletics. Uh, Absolutely. So always fun to talk about. Not only did the baseball team have a good weekend in Charlotte, but the Lady Eagles picked up their first Conference USA Series win on the Diamond in Charlotte as well. Uh, those games were actually also on ESPN Plus this weekend. So uh, I finished up the softball game on Sunday, uh, jumping back and forth between softball and baseball uh, because that was the rubber match for that series. And uh, and saw what I'll talk about in a little while. Uh, just Destiny Brown make an absolutely ridiculous catch to save the game on Sunday. But we'll uh, we'll talk about the first two games first, and then we'll get into all that. Uh, back last Wednesday, April the sixth, the Lady Eagles' good week started with a three to nothing win over the Bulldogs of Mississippi State in Hattiesburg. That was the first win over the Bulldogs since 2011 for the Lady Eagles. First win in Hattiesburg since 2004. So always nice to get a uh, a, a win over a welfare recipient's uh, conference school, uh, especially when they don't carry their weight and let Bama make them a bunch of money. Uh, Mo Linestock threw a complete game shutout, struck out six, her second complete game win over an SEC team this season. 
Uh, Tata Davis had a two-run home run in the first inning, and Lorna Argan scored on a bulldog throwing error in the sixth to round out the the offensive production for Southern Miss, but that was all they needed. Uh, going on to Charlotte this weekend, ladies won the first and the third games at Charlotte, like I said, to take their first Conference USA road series. Friday, April the 8th, the Eagles won 5-4. to four. Uh, this was uh, the Eagles jumped out to a five to nothing lead in the first and held off a late push from Charlotte. Tata Davis and Maria Smith both had home runs to account for all of the Eagles scoring. Destiny Brown with a stolen base to move to 27 in the season and 108 in her career. And surprise, surprise, Mo Linestock in the circle with the win. Saturday, the Lady Eagles did not have as good a luck. They fell one to nine in five innings. Charlotte scored eight runs in the fourth to really put the Lady Eagles on ice. Destiny Brown scored that one run on a wild pitch in the first. Sunday was the rubber match. Eagles clinched the series with another five to four win. Eagles scored two in the second and three in the third. Mo Leinstock pitched her eighth. Complete game of the season to improve to 15 and six. Jana Lee hit a three-run home run in the third, and like I said earlier, Destiny Brown. Uh, for the people that were lucky enough to be watching that game, because I haven't seen a clip of it put out there, just ridiculous catch in center field. R- slams into the center field wall in the process of making the catch. Shakes herself up, holds on to the ball, and would have been an extra base hit had she not made that catch. Charlotte would have gone on with what happened after that to win the game uh, because it, it came down and, and was a nail biter. But so Destiny Brown, not only good with a bat, good on the base pass, but her defense is absolutely incredible too. She can fly out there. Next up for the Lady Eagles versus UTEP in Hattiesburg, Thursday the 14th through Saturday the 16th on that adjusted Easter schedule. Uh, go out, cheer on the Lady Eagles. They're, they're really, we talked about it last week with Jason Baker. It was awesome to have him on the show and, and really get some insights mm-hmm. into softball uh, since he calls most of their games. But uh, this team is moving in the right direction and uh, they're really young except for a few veteran leadership spots, which is, is what's bringing us along. I feel uh, be patient with his lady Eagles. Uh, they're, they're going to be better next year. I think you'll see a, a, a world of difference when they've got a season under their belt. Track was in action Saturday, April the 9th. The Eagles were at the Joe May Invitational in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Four Golden Eagles won their events, including the GOAT Corvell Todd won the high jump with a 2.22 meter jump. Jason, you want to do that math on us real quick? What's uh, 2.22 meters in feet? Uh, I'll take that. I'll take that as a no. Uh, that's a new meet record. Sandra Spot won the 800 meter and also set a new school record with a time of two minutes, 7.72 seconds. That's moving. I ran the 800 meter in high school and not that I'm some physical specimen of an athlete, but never even dreamed of being able to cross the finish line in two minutes and seven seconds. She's a human gazelle. That's crazy. Uh, Smilla Colbe finished second in that event. Her two minute eight second it's 8.13 second excuse me is good for third all time for usm so the third all time time was good enough for second that's how much sandra was moving in that race uh carlin beal won the 3000 meter dash which uh, should you be able to call a 3000 meter race a dash but the article said 3000 meter dash so i stuck with it <laughs> were they dashing uh, 
I don't, I, I guess, because uh, Carlin Beal won it with a time of 10 minutes, 15.3 seconds. Rebecca Decay finished second with a time of 10 minutes, 18 seconds. Uh, Oliwia Warzniak won the 1500 meter and her first time running the event set a meet record with a time of four minutes, 36.7 seconds, breaking the meet record by four seconds. Joe Wager. Is that M-E-E-T? Uh, the, no, it's the M-E-A-T uh, record. <laughs> they they Since they were in the red stick, they stopped by a gas station and got some boudin balls. Uh, <laughs> she she polished off three dozen of them without breaking a sweat, setting a new meat record. Uh, Joe right. Wager placed third in the discus with a throw of 48.52 meters. Markasha Myers plus, placed second in the triple jump with a jump of 12.57 meters. And uh, that rounded out podium action for the Eagles down in Baton Rouge. Uh, read a, a little bit of the interview with uh, the coach uh, John there uh, on Southern Miss's website to get this information. He was disappointed that the Eagles came out kind of flat after a really good performance at uh, home in Hattiesburg last weekend. So he's hoping that uh, now that he knows some things that they can work on, they'll get back to Hattiesburg, work on it, be at the War Eagle Invitational Friday the 15th, Saturday the 16th in Auburn, Alabama, try to get some of that cleaned up. Beach volleyball was also in action. Uh, Beach volleyball has been on kind of a little hot streak here lately. That that brutal gauntlet road trip that they did out to California where they played a bunch of top 15 teams seems to have battle-hardened the Lady Eagles. They hosted the Southern Miss Beach Invitational 2. That's Friday the 8th and Saturday the 9th. On Friday the 8th, they got a win versus Louisiana Monroe 3-2. to That was an 8.30 a.m. match on a windy day in the Berg. Chilly, windy, 8.30 a.m. Sounds like a great time to play some beach volleyball. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> but Lady Eagles came out victorious. Fifth pair of Valeria Siakidu Papikayaku. I'm, I, I, I think I'm getting better at that. We'll see. And Kai Norman. Uh, dropped the first set 24-26, bounced back 21-19, 15-9 to get the win. Second pair of Vanessa Hernikova and Kelly Garraway won 21-16, 21-15. And the first pair of Breely Favre and Alexandra Chudzik won 21-15, 21-16 to seal the win. Lady Eagles later on that afternoon got a 4-1 to win versus Central Arkansas. Golden Eagles won the second through fifth pairs. Uh, Hernikova and Garraway won 21-11, 25-23. Uh, the third pair of Taylor Pierce, Olivia Hepworth, 21-14, 21-17. Fourth pair of Haley Fallon and Reagan Sandlin, 21-18. Dropped the middle set, 14-21. Came back 18-16 to get the win. And Siakidu and Norman in the fifth spot got a 21-18, 21-19 win. Lady Eagles kept that hot streak rolling on Saturday, the ninth for uh, Spring Hill with a four to one win. The first pair of Favre Chudzik dropped the first set, 1921, bounced back 23, 21, 15, 13. Second pair, Garraway Hernikova, 21, 15, dropped the middle set, 20, 22, bounced back 15, 12. Pierce Hepworth dropped their first set, 19 to 21, and then took the the following two, 21 to 10, 15 to 11. That was Hepworth's 42nd career victory. She is the Southern Miss all-time leader in individual set victories. Uh, the fifth pairing of Siakidu and Norman won versus Spring Hill, 21 to 12, 21 to 15. Tulane halted. 
the Golden Eagles' momentum, losing 3-2. to two. That was the second loss to Tulane, 3-2 to two this season. Previous was at the LSU Beach Bash a few weeks ago. Uh, Tulane is sitting at 21st in the AVCA polls, though, so not a bad squad. Uh, the first pair of Favre-Chudzik did win theirs, 21-18, 24-22. And the fourth pair of Sandlin-Falan won 28-26 dropped 15-21, and then back uh, to seal the victory with a 15-9. The exhibition pair of Kaylee Beck and Melanie Miller also won their matches, uh, won 21-19, dropped 13-21, and bounced back with a 17-15 win. Uh, the final home matches for three seniors were Saturday. Breely Favre, Olivia Hepworth, and Melanie Miller are all done playing on the sand in Hattiesburg. Next up for the beach volleyball team at the Arizona Invitational, Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th. Friday the 15th, they're at Arizona at 1 o'clock, number 17 Arizona, excuse me, at 1 o'clock. Then number 16 Long Beach State at 4. And then Saturday, they turn around and play Stephen F. Austin at noon and Cal State Bakerfield at 2. Uh, men's tennis was supposed to be in action Sunday the 10th versus UNO, but that was postponed. Men's tennis, uh, next up is the Conference USA Championships, Norfolk, Virginia, 422 through 424. So we've got a week off before they head up a little northeast of me to, to play in the Conference USA Championships. Men's tennis, uh, after a few wins here recently, sit at 9-8 and 0-3 and and in Conference USA play. Women's tennis did get their Sunday matches in. Uh, Sunday the 10th got a four to nothing win at Alabama State. The doubles pairs of Suhana Das and Clara Tardivelle, along with Ibru Zainab Yazgin and Alyssa Richter, both had six to two wins to secure the doubles point. In singles play, Monique Burton won seven five six zero. Suhana Das won six three six zero. Clara Tardivelle won six four six love. Excuse me, six love before Chad starts complaining. Six love for the love of God. <laughs> uh, so uh, Yazgin and Medic were both up when the victory was secured and play was halted. Next up for the Lady Eagles, who currently sit at thirteen and three and two and one, is at UNO University of New Orleans Wednesday the thirteenth. Those are the final matches before the ladies play in the Conference USA Championships Thursday the twenty-first through Sunday the twenty-fourth in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Women's golf was in action, finished tied three, third out of 10 at the Jan Weaver Invitational at the Miller Golf Course in Murray, Kentucky, hosted by Murray State University. Started the final day in ninth before making a big run to gain, gain six spots. The event was shortened to 36 holes after winter weather on Friday. Uh, freshman Momika Ando, Andu shot a final round 72 to finish tied for fourth. Uh, next up for the Lady Eagles golf team, the Conference USA Tournament at the PGA National Resort, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Mm. Uh, it's Monday the 18th through Wednesday the 20th. Uh, men's golf is currently in action at the Mossy Oak Collegiate and the Mossy Oak Golf Club in West Point, Mississippi, hosted by Mississippi State. When I checked earlier, the stats were showing that the Eagles were still playing. I don't think that's correct. I think the stats were just a little behind. Uh, it didn't really matter anyway. Golden Eagles are tied for 16th out of 19th with a first round team score of plus 18. Hunter Adkins is the low Eagle at negative three. 
the indoor volleyball team had some scrimmages against Jackson State, Millsaps, Mississippi College, South Alabama, and UAB this past weekend. Uh, some of those they reported how they did. Some of them they did not. Uh, so we'll just say they had some scrimmages. Um, and, boys, that'll wrap it up for the week. All right, Shane, what's your uh, what's your favorite name? My favorite name to say? Because I have I have a favorite name that I like to hear you pronounce. Um, I mean, Siakidu's like she's got three three names. Uh, the the last one is the one that really gives me trouble. Um, Valeria Siakidu's easy enough. Um, when they start getting into five syllables, is where I have problems. Siakidu is definitely my favorite. Yeah, that's that's a nice name, man. It, Valeria Siakidu. I the first, yeah, the first two portions just roll off the tongue. It's a beautiful name. I wish I wasn't stupid and could pronounce the third one. Uh, I wonder but if, it's, it is. if it's accurate or not. What's that? It sounds great. See if you do. Valeria, I feel pretty solid about. Yeah, I'm 99% sure on the Valeria portion. Uh, the Siakidu, I'm like 95%. And depending on the day and what comes out of my bourbon-soaked tongue on uh, the last part of her name, who knows. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I wish I wasn't stupid. She's got a beautiful name. I'm just dumb. You guys have any shout-outs? I'll give a couple shout-outs real quick. <clears throat> Number one, uh, I want to give a shout-out to the, the, this new Twitter account, Southern Miss Stats and Info. It's awesome. I guess it just started like a few days ago or last week or something, but it puts out great stats. So go follow oh, yeah. Southern Miss Stats and Info. It's cool. And I want to give a shout out to Brooke Graves. Well, I, I talked about it earlier, but uh, at Augusta, we were standing. I forget what hole we were waiting to walk through. Like, you know, when you see the people walking through on TV, there's a guy holding a rope right there and before people hit their tee shot and or after after the people that hit their tee shot are walking by before the next group arrives, you can walk across, right? Get to a different spot on the course. And I was just standing there and there's a lady and her son um, uh, talking to one of the workers. And uh, she was asking him how to get somewhere and he's explaining how you get this way and giving her directions. And then we're just still just kind of waiting on the ropes to drop in. Uh, so he's just making small talk. He says, where are you from? And she says, Hattiesburg. She goes, well, I live in Petal. I was like, hey. So I kind of started waving at her, and she looks over and said, to the top. She goes, ah, to the top. I work at USM. <laughs> so um, it was a cool moment, and um, so I wanted to give her a shout-out. And also, the last shout-out, I wanted to say that, uh, that our, our To the Top Talk tour, second annual golf tournament's coming up at the end of this month. We have uh, – pretty much whittled it down to the actual participants that are going to be here we've uh we have some cool items that are going to be auctioned off some cool items that are going to be uh available to win for close to the hole and long drive and all that um and the pairings should be coming out soon so stay tuned cool cool shane what about you uh i'm gonna repeat my same uh random weird veiled shout out that I had last week and say what's up to a friend of the show, duck butter. Um, I'm just going to 
let you boys think of that what you will. Uh, Duck Butter almost outed himself on Twitter earlier. I will say that. So if you do some investigating, you may be able to figure out who Duck Butter is. It's a great name. Um, it is a great name. I like it. Rolls okay. off the tongue like duck butter. <laughs> butter. Okay. All right. Uh, well, do you want to talk about what you got going on in the the world of whiskey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had three kind of special bottles tonight. To uh, it was a good week in Golden Eagle Athletics. We'll celebrate it with some Golden Eagle uh, or some some good whiskey, not some Golden Eagle whiskey. Um, I wouldn't imagine that Golden Eagle whiskey would taste very good. It's got real bits of Golden Eagle in it, so you know it's real. But uh, went with the first three releases from the Wild Turkey Masters Keep series uh, this evening. It's a special release that Wild Turkey puts out once a year. It's usually advanced aged whiskey, something that master distiller Eddie Russell uh, thinks is special and and is worth highlighting. So uh, the first release in that series, oh man, it was back in 2014 or 2015 when this one came out is uh, a 17 year old wild Turkey. Um, some of the, the wild Turkey that, that gets up there in age uh, starts to lose proof. Um, I, I could go into a whole Ted talk about this, but they had to bump up their barrel entry proof a couple of times in the early 2000s because they were having issues. Their flagship product is a 101 proof wild turkey. So if your whiskey over age is falling into like this eight, 17 years is a 86.8 proof. Well, that's not going to cut it for wild turkey 101. So they had to kind of try to figure out why they were losing proof and, and bumped up uh, a couple of times to their current uh, barrel entry proof of 115 that took place back in like 2004 uh, to try to solve that issue. And then next one in the release uh, was Wild Turkey Decades. Uh, is a blend of, of whiskeys uh, in between 10 and 20 years old. And then uh, the final one that I'm drinking tonight, there's been six releases in these, this series. So next week I may drink the other three. We'll see how the week goes. Uh, but Wild Turkey Revival is uh, wild turkey bourbon whiskey finished in Oloroso sherry casks. Um, it's really good. It's uh, it's it's a little desserty bourbon it, that sherry barrel brings out some of those sweet sherry aspects uh, and blends it with the whiskey. So uh, really tasty stuff. But those Oloroso sherry casks are pretty sought after for whiskey finishing for what they do to it. So three special turkey pours that I'm pretty fond of. Sherry ass. Yeah. I will give a shout out, my shout out to you guys for holding on the fort last week, putting out a, Cheers, a, an incredible show with uh, Jason Baker. Um, the listens went like way up. So I don't know if it's just me being out or what happened there, but, uh, and I think we even put it out a little later and you guys got a lot of listens. So I don't know if I should take that personally or just. <laughs> see what happens this week or, or what? Well, well, well clearly, the, the more Jasons that are on the show, the, the better. The Jason quota, pretty high. Yeah. So uh, there were a few times where I said Jason and I was like, well, shit, there's two of them tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's not going to work. Let me get a little bit more specific on who I'm talking to. But uh, man, man, he was he was fantastic. Just the insight yeah. that that guy has and just a front row seat to everything, really. Uh, and just he's just good. You know, he's yeah. I can't believe you would want to come on our show. <laughs> After he's like in the professional world all the time, and then he's like, "What the hell are we doing here?" But he was awesome. Um, stuck it out to the end, and 
and acted like he had fun. So he, he might have. Yeah. No, we, we should probably do a better job of, of having Baker just roll around every once in a while to give us the updates and things that he knows about. Uh, you know, Cause he's always fun to talk to. <laughs> I wonder, cause you know, like with these ESPN broadcasts, I mean, he probably goes to like production meetings and we just get on before and Shane and I are just like whiskying it up. We're like, what do you got? What do you got? All right, let's roll. <laughs> it's gotta be a little well, less professional than what he's used to. Yeah, no kidding. It's, it's even a little worse than that because it was like, who's running this thing tonight? Jamie's out of town. Are you doing oh, it? Oh, yeah. Doing we, it? we got ready to go. And Shane was like, well, let's start. And I said, all right. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, I wouldn't put us down that bad. Like, it, the, the tier is like, okay, ES, is Jason Baker ESPN Plus, then us, then Western Kentucky's Facebook broadcast. That's like the tiers, <laughs> the downward slant. True. Of uh, broadcasting professionalism, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we're just some some bloggers trying to make <laughs> nothing because we do this for free, basically. Fanboy uh, journalism, Eagles, but, yeah, we're just Z. we're we're just just a few bloggers out here trying to spread the good word of golden eagleness. <laughs> Maybe drop a story here every so often. Anyway, hippo. hippo. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm going to stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football. Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. When the football season is over and done, here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you.
When the football season is over and done, all your teams with famous names will see we're number one. Ask Mississippi State. Ask Mississippi State. Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. 